Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Hello and happy fall. I just love fall and I don't think it's because I have red hair, but I just have always enjoyed it. The sad thing where we live on the coast of California, often we can have our hottest days in the fall. Often it is in October, but it's still worth living here, I have to say. Today I am going to be talking about hospitality and I know that those of you who know me think, well, isn't she tired of talking about it? But no, I'm not. And this is a good season to be talking about it because it's a great time to have people over. Uh, Even if you still have to wear a mask or if you have to do it outside, if you live where you can do it outside, it's just a great opportunity uh, during the holidays as we approach the holidays. So um, this, what I'm going to be talking about today, first, I I wrote about it for um, a beautiful new blog and website called The Beauty of Autumn. So I thought that was uh, very appropriate that, um, and with their permission, that I get to repeat it here for all of you who haven't seen her blog yet. Uh, It's Diana Claire, thebeautyofautumn.com. And there's also a Facebook group. And let me just read a little bit about her uh, new website. She is a wonderful recipe creator as well as photographer and so it's just beautiful and restful to read this um, blog and I'm honored to be a part of it. The beauty of autumn encourages women in midlife, there we go, midlife, to use the gifts they have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace based on 1 Peter 4.10. She says, my goal is to help women stop worrying if it's too late and instead get excited about living their best Christian life from a more mature wise and experienced place. Now, I hope that's the case for all of us past uh, 45, that we really are living our best Christian life because hopefully we are more mature, wise, and in a more experienced place. So for that kind of encouragement, she talks about caregiving, she has beautiful recipes and photography, and then encouragement on hospitality as well. So thank you, Diana Claire. And um, here we go. I love that hospitality is mentioned in the same sentence with the word practice, as in practicing hospitality. It takes the stress out of the whole deal, don't you think? I'm just practicing, I'll get better, so don't worry. However, we don't think about that when we think, if we're nervous about it, and we go, oh no, I don't wanna practice hospitality. But the whole deal is when we practice, we do get better. My friend, Cecily, practices hospitality with joy and ease. On a regular basis, it does not phase her in the least. In fact, she goes into the depths of despair if she hasn't served a meal to someone besides her family every two weeks. One reason she hosts with such flair and ease is because she was raised by a mom who did the same. Mama Marion, as we affectionately call her, is a wonderful hostess, and we love going over to her house. Now that's great for Sess, and it's great for us who live here in this town, but you may be wondering, what about me? I wasn't raised by a Mama Marion. Hospitality must only be for the extroverts, the great cooks, and those raised in hospitable homes, right? If you were surrounded 
by constant company growing up, the act of opening your home likely does not cause you stress or anxiety. Yet God doesn't make a distinction between those raised with it or not when he calls us to, in 1 Peter 5, 9, offer hospitality without grumbling. He just adds that little part there that could just really throw you right over the edge. I might add, and without misgivings or without dread or without sheer panic. Now, I was raised by a Mama Mary and Betty Moore, but I can become overwhelmed with all the details, the planning, and downright work that hosting involves. It is work. Jill Briscoe, I heard her say this in person years ago. She visited our town and spoke down at Embassy Suites. She said this, hospitality is work, but somebody's got to do it. Now, I, I wonder if she remembers saying that, but I have quoted her for years, maybe 30 years. I've never forgotten that statement. And yet I know hospitality is worth the work, even when faced with changing the sheets one more time or adding a gluten-free item to the menu at the last minute. Now, how can we continue to practice, practice hospitality, to open our doors with grace, confidence, even joy? Two things have helped renew my strength, and both have to do with my mind. First, to remember the why behind doing hospitality, and secondly, to focus on the difference between hospitality and entertaining. Now, why should we invite? When we invite, we look more like Jesus. There we go. I can't think of a better motivation. God is the ultimate host. God welcomed us at creation, and then he continued the invitation through redemption until we finally sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19.9. God invites over and over again. So when we invite, we display his welcoming heart. That's the whole reason why my website is called welcomeheart.com. The act of hospitality takes on a divine dimension when I know I get to display God's welcoming heart while serving a young family pot roast and brownie sundaes. My friend Liz Haney said this, hospitality is a metaphor for how God woos us so that when we welcome others, we are welcoming them to God. That sounds so intimate and personal because it is. Jesus invited little children, seasoned fishermen, a tax collector, and me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, he said, as recorded in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. And that come, come to me, includes you, your family, and the neighbor you haven't met yet. I have many neighbors I haven't met yet, or if I have, I can't remember their names. We get the privilege to pass along his invitation to know him personally by opening our homes to whoever he brings our way. Not everyone is called to go to seminary or to be a missionary or teach a Bible study. But guess what? We are all called to do hospitality. When we invite someone to our table, that person may meet Jesus for the first time while eating your famous or your not-so-famous grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. And that makes all the difference. Now, besides a God-focused motivation, did you catch that God-focused motivation? When we invite, we look more like Jesus. Understanding the difference between hospitality and entertaining gives me the gumption to keep trying amidst culinary fails. Believe me, I have had them. 
and awkward moments around the table. Hospitality can seem difficult, impossible even, simply because we have the wrong idea. We've been fooled into thinking that hospitality is the same as entertaining. Both can be great. Both can be used by God. But they are not the same. The difference is focus and purpose. The focus of entertaining is often the host rather than the guest. The purpose of entertaining can often be to impress others rather than to serve them. Sure, serving might be part of it, but what is the main purpose? True hospitality is all about the guest and their need. And their greatest need is to know the ultimate host, God himself, who welcomes the world to know him intimately. We just got through talking about that. Now, we've all been to the perfect party. I attended one a while back. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The home shimmered with candlelight. It was in the fall. I remember that. The gourmet food wafted its seasonal fragrance throughout each room, and I ate with relish and delight. It was practically perfect in every way. Actually, it was. The way it looked, the way it smelled, it was so clean. It was decorated so beautifully and the way it tasted. The evening was truly a work of art. And by the way, it wasn't at my house. What my host did was entertain and she did it with flair and beauty and grace. But is that what is meant by hospitality? If I thought so, I may never have anyone over. You should have seen this house during the remodel. Some of you did. Entertaining can be far more pressure that most people want to add to their lives. No wonder couples these days would rather get a sitter and meet at a favorite restaurant, if they can afford it. With these kinds of expectations on the host, only the most intrepid and confident person would dare send out the perfect invitation to the perfect party. Most would cry out, too much work, too much pressure. It's not worth it. And you might be surprised to hear that I would agree. Hospitality and entertaining both can be used by God, but they are different in focus and purpose. Hospitality focuses on the guest. Entertaining focuses on the hostess. Hospitality's purpose is to serve. Entertaining's purpose can be to impress. Hospitality reminds me it's not about me, so I don't need to feel nervous or afraid or insecure. Hospitality doesn't require perfection. It can happen with laundry on the couch and dishes in the sink. It can happen around a noisy table with macaroni and cheese as the main dish and ice cream for dessert. My sister Lori says, almost anyone can serve a bowl of ice cream, Sue. And she's right. Now, when I get flustered, uptight, nervous or impatient with my family usually in preparing for guests, I need to remind myself that hospitality is for the sake of honoring another. I want to ask myself before each event, what are the needs of my guests? How can they be served or comforted or accommodated? Do they need a place to stay or just a listening ear? Do they need a bowl of soup or just a cup of water? We have been fooled into thinking the hospitality has to do with us, the host, rather than the one who needs a place at our table. We may think that we are in charge, but God will give us all we need when the time comes to answer the doorbell. 
I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He wrote this, at this feast, it is he who has spread the board and it is he who has chosen the guest. It is he we may dare to hope who sometimes does and always should preside. Let us not reckon without our host and host is capitalized. Recognizing that I'm not in control of most things reminds me to depend on God for my strength. As my friend Bonnie Maston told me, it's God who does the real work anyway, Sue, the work that lasts for eternity, which is all about this podcast, making our lives count. Recently, I got to practice hospitality while allowing God to lead the way. I prepped and I planned and I watched him then choose the guests in spite of all my prepping and planning. You know, we only think we're in control until things happen out of our control. My friend Katie had back surgery in LA. I promised a meal for Katie and her husband, Ed. They are dear and so easy to cook for. But I didn't know exactly when they would be home from LA and we're about four hours north. And neither did they. So Saturday before work, I made a double batch of Jamie's yummy chicken corn chowder, half for us and half for them, just in case they got home in time for dinner. Meanwhile, my brother Hyatt and wife Anne, also so very dear, were expected overnight, but not until nine o'clock. So I made a cake Friday night to split with Katie and Ed, of course, and then to serve to Hyatt and Anne at nine o'clock when they would come. Then while I was at work on Saturday, I got a voicemail from Anne. Hey, plans have changed. We'll be there for dinner. We knew you wouldn't mind. See you at six. I get home at six. <laughs> then Katie calls me. Guess what? We got home, but our fridge has food. How about another night you bring us dinner? Yay, God. <laughs> I told Katie that her meal would be eaten by Hyatt and Anne, and she said to tell them hi. <laughs> it's enough to make you want to have company, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that was such a great day. A little stressful in the meantime, but, stress but great because God had it all worked out, and I had the food all made. Let God lead. Practice doesn't make perfect, but who needs perfect? There's a reason it's referred to as practicing hospitality. If you're not used to it, you may feel like you need to practice. The more times you invite someone over, the easier it gets. Of course, you won't know that until you try it three or four times. That's why it's called practice. Have fun practicing hospitality this week and this month and this fall and into the holidays. Choose a day or God may choose it for you. Either way works when he's in charge. I'm going to leave the recipe for Jamie's chicken corn chowder in the show notes. It's also in my blog, if I forget, welcomeheart.com, as well as the link to the new food and faith blog, The Beauty of Autumn. Right now, when you subscribe uh, over at welcomeheart.com, you can get 24 short tasks on how to have company in four weeks. Now, some people might laugh at that and go, why would I need four weeks to have company in four weeks? Well, for those of us who don't have company a lot, perhaps you haven't, to know that you just have to do something very, very tiny on one day that will get you to a wonderful ultimate goal in four weeks is just what you've been waiting for. So I will put the link to that as well. It's only Monday through Saturday because we want to rest on Sunday. And at the end of those four weeks, you will have a company dinner. You don't even have to make it. You can order out. 
but you will practice hospitality. Okay, thanks for everything. Let me know uh, what you thought of this. And if you want to leave a review for my podcast, I would really appreciate it. It helps somehow. I'm not sure why or how, because I don't do the tech stuff. But people tell me that people are supposed to leave reviews. So if you would, I would ask that you would leave an honest review. Also, uh, be sure to sign up for The Beauty of Autumn. Uh, look for Jamie's chicken corn chowder recipe and uh, sign up for the 24 days for hospitality. That would be so terrific. Uh, one more thing. I don't know if you know that I have a free Facebook group. It's called Welcome Heart, Welcome Home. And we have about 600 people in there. And we love chatting back and forth about hospitality, the practical aspects of it, uh, the motivations behind it, uh, problems and stressors and troubles we have with it, as well as a ton of recipes. So I would love to invite you over there. And I'll put the link to that as well. Uh, in my show notes, or you can just go over to Facebook and look it up. Welcome heart, welcome home, and you are so welcome. Have a great day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.